0: 44 and Dapple off, is having a bash. Get up! I can't do the accent, sorry. It's chatting bollocks. Ah, my podcast number four. Jesus, sorry, my <clears throat> sound like I've been sucking on dirty dicks <laughs> today, but I haven't. All clean. All clean. Listen, I'm buzzing. Um, I've got a special podcast for you. I'm always trying to think of themes to chat bollocks about, and I thought it would be cushy to um, to do one on Big Brother, because it is a crazy thing to think about it. that like, I went in the Big Brother house. I know it's a shit TV show, and uh, not many people watched it. About five million an episode, you can't. Uh, but no, not many people were into it, but... For me, a massive thing to do in my life. So I thought I'd tell you what Big Brother is really about because there are some funny shit you lot wouldn't know. But before that, I just want to tell you why I haven't done any podcasts. My life is mayhem at the moment. Um, Jesus Christ, I'm sat in my man cave now. And I can't see the other wall opposite me because the place is just filled full of fucking boxes and everything. I would fucking put a picture online and show everyone, but it's got all me fucking fridge freezers and shit that's going into the house. The house is nearly done. Uh, We're all currently, me, the missus, two babies and two fucking dogs are confined to our master bedroom with the working ensuite. We reckon it's about another week now. They're just finishing putting the kitchen in and then everything's getting sprayed downstairs, all the walls and the decoration, and then we'll be done in time for Christmas. It's Mayhem. If you imagine this is what's going on in my life at the moment, right? And I've been desperate to get a podcast out because everyone's been asking for them. But my house is getting built around me. We're, we're all living in one bedroom. Uh, it was Neve's birthday last weekend, so we had to throw a party. Uh, Rue has started um, standing up and trying to walk. Uh, the missus is fucking planning a wedding. And um, I'm fighting Harvey in a couple of weeks. So I am fucking stressed. Like you would not believe my anxiety levels about the fight are up and down. Some days I think, fucking let's have it. I'm going to kick the granny out of the geezer. But then some days I'm like, why am I doing this? Oh my God, why? And uh, <laughs> so I'm like fucking uh, Jekyll and Pussyhole at the moment. Um, but it is a mad one. And also on top of uh, the wedding, the house, the babies, the dogs, the northern misses that don't stop fucking whinging and training three hours a day martial arts for a fight, I also this week bought a nightclub. So fucking get some of that down, yeah! I personally want to thank the 60,000 people that signed a petition to get me off the TV back in 2014 uh, and sort of helped me cascade into a fucking downward spiral of drugs, alcohol and prostitution. Uh, not me, myself, prostituting. I wasn't getting bumped. I mean, you know what I mean? Smashing the back out of fucking Eastern European slags. Uh <laughs> Um, coked up and that. And also, do you know what I mean? Lost me house, lost everything. I'd like to personally thank you and all the fucking executives on tv that wouldn't give me any more tv time and that cancelled my tv show my brands that dropped everyone that didn't think anything was gonna happen after that and tried to ruin me especially the 25 fucking wet wipe comedians that signed an open letter to get me banned i would just like to say thanks i just bought the first nightclub I ever went to. And it's about five minutes from me house. And I'm going to get absolutely fucking off me rocker when the fucking fight's done. In my own nightclub. And I'm also going to throw my own stand-up comedy shows in my own fucking club next year. So no one can ban me ever again. So the turtleneck days are officially over. Suck me fat one. I'm even going to invite Carol down to fucking have a go on it. Get up. Celebrating. So that's a good bit of news for you. Just water, don't worry, just water. <laughs> um, so that's a good bit of news, man. Big news, only you podcast hearers are going to hear about. Obviously, it's going to be all over my social media because I'm throwing loads of mad events and inviting loads of people down. And also, for the first time, I'm going to let you guys know something as well. I'm throwing a New Year's Eve party and i fucking, do you know what the good thing about owning your own nightclub is? You could do unlimited fucking free alcohol and not even give a fuck. Get up! Listen to this. I'm so excited I'm going to fart. Get some of that down here, you shitty fucks. Um, So yeah, I'm thinking of throwing a New Year's Eve party where it's like fucking 30 or 40 or 50 quid a fucking ticket, but it's unlimited drink. People are going to be passing out and fingering themselves on the dance floor. It's going to be madness. Right! So where do I start? My big brother journey actually started when I was about 16 or 17 years old. Now when we go back to when I was a little boy, um, when I was really young, about 5 or 6 or 7, I I, I used to say to my mum that I wanted to be in films. I wanted to be an actor. Um, fanged up if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's on Amazon. It's my film. Um, and um, yeah, when I was a little bit older, I was desperate to get on TV. I wanted to be famous, right? I wanted to be like uh, an actor or a comedian. Um Really what I wanted to be is I always wanted to be Lee Evans. I loved Lee Evans. I was obsessed with him. So my main goal was to be a stand-up comedian. My second main goal, my second goal was to be an actor. My third goal was to just be famous for something. So if I couldn't make comedy and I couldn't make acting, then I was just going to fucking kill some people and become the... No, I'm joking. Then I fought reality TV. So when I was a youngster and Big Brother come out, I'm talking about fucking twenty years ago. I actually went an audition for the very first. Um, I don't know if it was the first series, but when, the, when it very first come out, one of the series is just as a normal housemate, you know, where they they let normal people in there, and then. Um, And that was the fucking that was the one that was the fuck those ones were better back then because Big Brother back then was like a fucking new thing it was the birth of reality TV they'd never had reality TV and you could watch them twenty four hours a day unedited do you remember there was a channel you could go on and you could just fucking click on it and one time there was that I think they stopped doing that after one of the girls was um, they clicked on it and there was one of the girls was in the fucking garden um, shoving a fucking wine bottle up her minge fucking literally bashing herself off with a wine bottle. Mental, mental, and I think she even went in the toilets and sat on it, stick, stuck it up her ass and that. And it was on TV, and I was like, right, we've got to start fucking editing this. But that's back in the day when it was mad. And I applied for it. I, I, I watched that, and I said to my mum when I was a young kid, I was like, mummy, I want to stick a fucking wine bottle up my ass on TV. I want to go down the pub and people know who I am. Wait, <laughs> whiny? Um, So, that's where my journey started all those years ago with Big Brother. So, even as a little prick, I wanted to be on the show. Now, when you fast forward to 2018, um, the show was number... 21 it was the 21st big brother celebrity big brother um it was aired on the uh, it finished i think on the second of feb second or third of feb it's 32 days long 32 days it was and i lasted 25 days uh and I, I was the eighth person uh to be evicted um you know so yeah but before i even got to that point I had been in talks with Big Brother. They—they they tell you you're not allowed to fuck. There's a lot of stuff that I'm going to talk about now that we—that we're probably, uh, probably was under contract, or I am still under contract, or a non-disclosure agreement not to talk about. Um, but the show's cancelled, so I doubt anyone's going to give a fuck. But who knows? We'll just get sued again, innit? Give them the nightclub. Take the nightclub. I've got to tell him about wanking in Big Brother. <laughs> That's coming soon. As I was. Hold on. Ah. All right, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm drinking Monkey Shoulder. Monkey Shoulder is a smooth and rich blended malt scotch whiskey. Just before I carry on and tell you my big brother story, I'll tell you why I'm drinking uh, whiskey. One, because I'm not allowed to drink beers because I'm training and I still got weight to lose. Two, wine. Um will give me a hangover and I'll probably get a little bit drunk. But three, um, I haven't been drinking and I wanted to get a little bit pissed up to celebrate doing the fucking podcast. Because all the fucking things need to, everything needs to be aligned for me to do the podcast. That's why sometimes there's so far in between them. I'm going to try and do one every week, right? But the environment needs to be calm. I need to be stress-free. I need to be in a good mood so I can chat bollocks. Because when I'm in a bad mood, I close up. And the whiskey 's just lubricating me, do you know what i mean it 's like if it 's you know you can 't go and dry <clears throat> oh, mum right so let 's start with how this little journey with Big brother started for me. so a couple of years ago, well, two thousand and fourteen, as you know, I lost my TV show and everything like that, and that 's when they first approached me just after my dad had passed away, so my dad died. And, um, I was fucking going off the rails. I'd broke up with a missus. Um, then I found out that we're having a baby and I was living on my drug dealers in my drug dealers spare room. Um, shout out. I won't say his name, but, uh, fucking thanks for putting me up and keeping me up there. Fucking, you know what I mean? But, um, uh, I I say my drug dealer, he was a pal of mine, but he just also sold, um, sniff, which wasn't a great situation or location for me to be in, but, um, do you know what I mean? It was uh, it was fun. The nights were long and the wanks were hard, but uh, it was fun anyway. So I was in a really bad place, right? If you can imagine back then, and um, that's when I got offered the Big Brother, and I'd also lost a lot of money. And uh, they came to me, and my agent came to me and said, "Look, Big Brother's on. I've been on the phone." Um, you know, they think that you'd be a good person to get in there. Now you've got to remember what Big Brother's looking for and the executives are looking for are unstable people. Uh good TV. People that are gonna come in and lose their shit and go wild and then fucking the ratings are gonna go up and everyone's like, watch this man. They're losing their shit. Well, you're, Because it is a psychological experiment, right? You've got to remember that. It's a psychological experiment. That's what it is. The whole thing is a psychological experiment. And everything, which I'll go into in a, in a little while, everything inside the house is designed to make the contestants stressed and is designed to make the contestants snap. And I'll, I'll go into that in a bit so you'll, you'll understand what I mean. But anyway, back then... Um, they offered me, I think it was 40 or 50 grand to go into it. And, um, I had to make a fucking... I was broke, but I had to make a serious decision. You know what I mean? My experience with TV had been terrible. Uh, My TV show had been slated, even though it was fucking legendary. And um, I'd been on Newsnight and been embarrassed and fucking there was still articles. Everyone hated me, basically. That's how I felt at the time. There was articles coming out daily. My family had been through shit and my dad had just died. And I was like, let's just... The the main reason why I said no was one, because I was emotionally unstable um, and fucking self-medicating. And two... Um, I just didn't want to put my family through any more shit, man, because I knew that it was not going to go my way. No way. I was angry. I was pissed off, and I didn't give a fuck. Um... Plus, I thought, how am I going to get hold of some sniff inside the house? No, I'm joking. I would have stuck out my ass. But um, anyway, so I turned it down. I turned it down back then, and I said, nah. And then it come up again the following year. And the following year, I sort of considered it again. Um, and it was a little bit more money, and I considered it again. But uh, we just had an eve. And I was like, you know, all right, I'm in a better place. But... You know the baby, and it just was. It just didn't feel right again. And I just, well, I was scared. I was terrified, man. I just, I'd had enough of TV. I'd had enough of fucking the press, mainly the fucking press. And I just thought, nah, it's not going to happen. Anyway. Then comes the year of the woman, 2018. And I get the phone call from my manager. Again, listen, big brother on your case. And this year, they really fucking want you. And I'm like, why? And they're like, because it's the year of the woman. It's celebrating the year of the woman, right? And you're whole persona Dapper Laughs this character that you created that they don't think was they didn't think was a character at the time they actually thought it was they weren't comedy sketches they actually thought it was real I was just filming myself going around and um this crazy shit happened to me. Um, they they said, you know, the, the reason why sixty thousand people signed a petition to throw you off, the reason why um, you know people were petitioning your shows, the reason why your tours were getting closed down, and and comedians were signing open letters against you, is because they found you sexist and uh, derogatory to women, and poof, that I promoted rape culture, right? And this is the year of the woman. It's celebrating the year of the woman. So they're like, who better to throw in? Dapper laughs. Now, they, they were billing a load of strong women. It was going to be the year of diversity. It was going to be the year of this. It was going to be the year of that. And I said to them, fuck me, mate. So I'm the like, they're sending me and I'm like the fucking bad boy or they just want to see explosive arguments. And my manager, very intelligent man, he was like, yes, that's exactly what it is. And there's a great opportunity for us to fucking milk this because I don't think there's anyone else in the country that is in a better position or more hated from the people that are going to celebrate the LGBT community, the transgender community, uh, women in general and all that. I'd been sort of the the anti all of that poster boy as The press had made it. So my manager was like, this is brilliant. So let's go in for the big money. Let's go in for the big, big money, um, which we did do. We went in for the fucking big dough. And, um, you know, after a bit of negotiation, um, but they wanted, they kept having meetings and they. my manager was like, you know, you have to play the role when we're in the meetings. You have to come across as a little bit sort of dumb and a little bit sort of aggy and aggressive. And you have to come across as a little bit fuck this and fuck women and fuck that and they was like you know how would you feel if this happened and one of the key things that my manager said that that is like a no-go um is um and he said this to me before i went in he said look it doesn't matter what happens in the big brother house right but if um you're having an argument with someone and say for instance they're fat yeah. The view in public won't mind if you're arguing with someone and you're like, excuse me, Stephanie, but what you're saying is completely wrong. I didn't um, throw my plate in the bin. I washed it. So, for instance, that's what the fucking argument was about, because that's what all this shit's about. And you were just like, excuse me, Stephanie, I think you're being abrupt and out of order. And You've got this whole plate situation wrong. And quite frankly, I don't like your attitude. That's how you're meant to react to things. But obviously, if Stephanie's fat, my normal reaction and probably a lot of other people out there." <laughs> would be shut up you fat cunt right um but my manager or if they were had glasses on um fuck off four eyes or if those ginger get up rusty dick or do you know what i mean and my manager said the main thing the viewers won't like or the press can pick up on is if you're abusive to people about their sexuality or about what they look like. And I was like, well, it don't leave you much, does it? Because as you, when you grow up around a load of lads, that's, that's fucking what you do. You take the piss out of them. But as, as times go on and as you mature and grow into an older person, that's not what you're meant to do. But he said, but when we're in the meetings with the production company, when we're out with the meetings with the production company and we're talking to Big Brother, that's exactly how you got to behave because that's what they're going to want in there so the meetings were fun we all got a little bit drunk and we done the meetings and i put on the the whole sort of dapper lass really naughty and really fucking crude and cringe and fucking do you know what i mean completely um inappropriate or whatever and um and then we went in for the big big bucks and we got the big bucks and we got the gig and then i was like fuck shit <laughs> I'm going to go into Big Brother. So um, that was a madness, man. And um, and then, yeah, and then the next thing is is quite a crazy thing because I'm going on and on with my normal everyday life. Hold on, let's get some monkey shoulder down me. Hold on. <sighs> um, and that's the crazy thing, right? Because then they, you sign the contract and you're going in. you got a load of dough coming. You get a bit of dough before... And then you get the rest of your dough um, after. But you've, got, you know, you've got to abide by all the fucking rules on the lead up. And one of the main massive rules are you can't tell no one you're going in the Big Brother house. The only person that I told you're not allowed to tell your mum, dad, anyone. The only person they allow you to tell is your partner, which is which was Shelly at the time. Um, <clears throat> when I when she said partner, I was like, well, all of them. No, I'm joking. <clears throat> so I just told Shelly at the time so we can make our arrangements. And there was a few rules that you had to stick by. You couldn't put nothing on social media or nothing like that. You had to ignore the press. Now, on the lead up to this, the press is sort of guessing and they're putting names out and then people on my social media are asking and I've just got to ignore it. Now, other rules of it are you're not allowed to buy any clothes that have got any branding on, but obviously you're going to be on TV and you've, you've, I've just fucking made a wedge right from them. So I know I've got a bit of dough. So I'm like, I want to look good, but I can't go and buy all my normal shit that I'd wear. Like fucking, you know, all your designer label stuff. So that was a bit weird, but I went out and got all my wardrobe made, uh, got it all bought. And then what happens is you have to go and stay in a hotel for two days before, the launch night. So they take you to this secret hotel location and normally the press are there and they're trying to work out who's coming in and they, they hide you in this hotel for two days and they do all your promo filming, all your stuff um, that you've got to do in the hotel. And it is fucking weird, right? Because you get put in this room and then every single celebrity is assigned a um, like chaperone, a person, and that person fucking sits in your room with you. Right, you've never met the cunt before in your life. They take your phone off you. You're not allowed your phone be- So from two days before, you're not allowed your phone. So they take your phone off you, which for me was like fucking pulling my dick off. I had nothing to play with. Right, and then um, they, they then they, they 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 take your fucking phone off you, and then they give you a fuck. So they took my dick off me, and they gave me a knob. Uh, now, nah, to be fair, the geezer was alright. I can't remember his name, but. Um, and they were sitting around in the hotel room and they had to go and get your food when you wanted food. You couldn't, you had to stay in the hotel room for two days. You couldn't go out, you couldn't go down to a shop, you couldn't go down to a restaurant, you couldn't be seen anywhere. And it was fucking hard, man, not talking to the missus and the kid and all that. And uh, and then they come in and they go through all your fucking, they go through all of your fucking suitcase to check that you ain't smuggling anything in. You're not allowed food, drink, drugs, fucking anything. Yeah, and then the weird thing was that they um, they ask you to uh, film a load of stuff, so you go down, you film a load of, of stuff that you're gonna that they're gonna put into the TV show, right? So they do interviews with other people that's gonna be used on Big Brother's bit on the side, uh, and then they also um, ask you. This was what I found quite weird, but it was quite interesting because it actually happened. Was. They ask you to record a message to yourself, right? Because what they reckon is, uh, because the, the big brother is designed to make you crack, and at some point, apparently, every person that goes in there wants out at some point. Sometimes it gets too bad, and you go, and you say you want out. When, uh, yeah, so they have this device where they, they, they figure if you see yourself talking to yourself, you'll be able to convince yourself to stay. So they get a camera, and they say, they put you on a green screen, and they say, right, listen, if you are if you was talking to yourself, when you're in the house and you're about to quit or about to give up, what message would you say? Now, if you leave before the end of the well, before the end of the fucking contract because of your own because you, because your own reason or you just quit or you want out, you don't get paid. So that's the only thing I could think of. And I just said to myself, think of the fucking money, mate. Build yourself a man cave with the money. Think of the money, right? Get the money. Go back. Spunk a bit on the birds then fucking build a man cave at the end of your garden. I'm talking fucking sliding doors that come off the front, fucking massive TV, a bar, pool table, fucking... Even get a desk that goes up and down, that can turn into a DJ desk and come to... Get DJ stuff. Get a fucking massive MacBook and fucking sit in there recording yourself chatting bollocks. And, uh, yeah, here we are. So so when I was in there, I wanted to quit. At one point, I got really upset, and they played the video, and I listened to that, and I was like, I'm going to stick it out. So it's good, man. So imagine this. So then... Right, so you've, you've lasted, and they go, right, today's the day. Get yourself ready into your suit. Now we whisk you in a car over to the studio. So you get over to the studio, and it's fucking mental, right? The, the launch of Big Brother, anyone that's down by El, Elm Street Studios, right, the whole fucking, within like a 30-mile radius can see it, because they've got the spotlights that are going across the sky. They've got fucking hundreds of people in there. It's a live audience. Lights are going, Helicopters. I mean, people screaming, Ah, let me see your dick. It's fucking crazy, right? And I'm in the back of this blacked out fucking car. I'm thinking, Jesus, I'm famous. They don't even know I'm going in there. Am I going to fuck this shit up? I don't know. Anxiety levels. Oh, mate, like you would not believe. Terrified. What am I doing? Oh, my fucking God. Look at that. Look at the spotlights. Look at the size of the audience. They drive you straight down. You can hear people fucking screaming, right? Then they get you into the fucking hotel. Uh, Not the hotel, like a little room that's um, that's next to where you go in. And then it's like, it's a very long process. They go, and then Emma talks. And then she says, and our first contestant. And then they play the VT, uh, which is the video uh, saying who you are. And then you can hear the crowds, right? And this is something that's a... Um, this is something that goes on throughout the whole time you're in big brother and this this is something that really becomes a huge thing in your mind right the um, the the, the live audience on the on the eviction nights and the first time I realized how much that live audience was affecting my mental health was when I, I went in and she introduced the first housemate into the into the um, into the house, which I think was in India Willoughby, Willoughby, maybe I don't know, but um, and she announced the name, and the audience fucking booed, boo, and I was like, fuck that, mate. What if they announce my name and everyone's booing? Imagine that, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people fucking booing, all right? And um, so we went into this room. We sat down and my agent's calming me down. You're right. I'm like, no, no, I'm not fucking all right. I'm like, fuck, man. And he's like, chill, chill, chill. Everything's going to fucking be all right. And the and the, the producer woman's like, listen, what's wrong? And I was like, fuck this. I ain't doing it. And she was like, you're contracted to do it. And I was like, yeah, I know. But fuck it, man. It's only money, in it. Like, I can't handle this shit. And she was like, how can we calm your nerves? What What's making you nervous? And I'm like, the audience, like, I don't. You know, I ain't up for getting, if, if I go out there and I get booed and then I walk in there, um, you know, and they close their doors, I'm going to be like, fucking they hate me and, you know, they're going to hate me the whole way through it. It's just going to be torture. And she was like, listen, what can we do to make it better? And I was like, give me a fucking drink. Give me a fucking drink. And uh, what I didn't realise is that this was obviously part of their plan because she said, "Well, it's funny you should say that because um, they hadn't let us drink in the in the hotel, and notoriously, us fucking celebrities are mad drinkers, and um, they hadn't let us drink in the hotel." But what I didn't realise what they were doing—they were restricting the drink to to maybe. Build you up, so you're like, oh fucking getting so nervous because the anxiety and the fucking pressure is unbelievable. Um, it, on the days, on the weeks leading up, it was, but on the days, it was another level. So I was fucking gagging for a drink, and um, she said, "Well, it's a good thing you said that because look." And then they in the hallway, they had this fucking desk that was filled full of everything you could fucking think of there was beers vodka rum wine everything and she was like what do you want i was like just fucking give me a bit of everything man fuck it i'll have a beer and then i'll have some whiskey in a minute or something but you know and um and there I was, gla- g- sort of glaring through this little gap in the window because they wouldn't—they didn't want us to get seen because uh, there was crowds outside the, the, the room as well, the place, as well as the crowds inside. There was people that come down there just to see, and there's paps and there's flashing. And uh, I'm gazing through the window and I'm listening to the contestants going in. Some getting cheered, some getting booed. And I'm fucking necking as much booze as I can. And she's encouraging me. She's like, go on, have another drink, have another drink, relax. And then I realised I was drunk, you know. I realised that it's a fucking about an hour and a half show, right? And they've done the first section before the first break, which was about four fucking contestants. And there's fucking, how many was there? One, two, three, four four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's about fucking 15 or 16 contestants going in and they'd done four and I was fucking plastered. I was like, fuck, what have you done? You're drunk. Now you're fucking drunk. And I was like, no. Oh, mate. So now I'm pacing up and down. Now I'm saying to him, I'm fucking drunk. So I'll go in the toilet, I'm splashing water on my face and then they have to do my fucking makeup again. And then I calm myself down. I'm like, fuck it, I'm drunk. I'm best when I'm drunk. I'm, dr- I'm best when I'm drunk. I can fucking handle it. And from that moment on until the next morning is a fucking series of snippets in my mind. It's a series of, oh, I remember that, I remember that, and I remember that. But I don't remember it as a, as a whole experience. That's how fucked I was. Even to the point where the next day I thought to myself, mate, I feel like I've fucking been spiked or something. Now, can't have been. That would be mental. But, I mean, that's how fucking pissed I was. So, anyway, they call me. And I go down, and I can remember my manager saying something to me, which fucking his name's Jason, and I've got I've got to give a fucking shout out to Jason, uh, Jason at ASM Talent. Um, maybe pop him a tweet uh, to say I mentioned him in my podcast if if you're if you're feeling this, um, and I've got to give him a shout out because he stuck with me that this agent for about two years after my shit I got fired from an agency when I lost all my stuff and and got thrown off TV then we got back together and not back together sorry then I met this guy and this guy was the guy that gave offered me big brother which I turned down and he still stuck with me for like fucking two years man and I was turning any like put it this way no one wanted to work with me so I couldn't get any good deals so whenever anything come up reality TV-wise or brand-wise or stuff like that, if I wasn't comfortable doing it or I didn't feel right promoting stuff or it just didn't work for me or I just couldn't be fucked or I didn't want to do it, and I'd say no. He, he's not making any money, so he's, he hadn't made any money for two years, and and this guy's stuck with me for two years without making a fucking penny. Probably because we spent a lot of our time having meet both same time. This is that we're having meetings in London about my career, when actually we was just going up there to get smashed. But uh, <laughs> but he stuck with me, and that's that's for real. And uh, I, I know for a fact people around him had said to him, you know, drop him. And then we got this big deal for Big Brother, and I'll never forget what Jason um, said to me just before I walked. Um, into the studios and spoke to Emma he said listen it is a fucking good thing to get booed in he said the worst thing the what would be worse is to get cheered in so yeah everyone cheers when you go in and you fuck stuff out fuck stuff up and get booed out he said you're, you're probably going to get booed in and he said and that's fucking brilliant that's great because everyone already thinks you're a fucking prick so you know Don't worry about it. Be yourself. And if you are just yourself, Dan, they will love you by the end of it. And if they don't love you by the end of it, if if there's people that just simply don't like you, they're going to be the same people that have booed you in anyway. So it doesn't matter. But he said, if you are just yourself, I promise you this, if you're just yourself, by the time you come out, People are gonna love you, man. They're gonna understand. And I was like, "All right, wow, cool, man. Fuck it." Do you know what I mean? My my family loves me. My friends love me. Uh, the people that follow me from day to day on my podcast, on my on my podcast, but on, on my um, Instagram and Snapchat, I get I get so much love. So even though I was drunk, I held on to that, and I thought to myself, "Yeah, man." cool, fuck it, let's go have some fun. So I walked through and I was in high spirits and then uh, Emma sat me down. I'd never seen the video. They don't show you what your VT looks like. My VT played and when my VT played, um, I said stuff about, you know, being a rape joke comedian, blah, blah, blah. And people were like, boo, the audience were fucking booing and then there were some laughs i said some funny stuff and people laughed and i was like cool and then um there were some boos and then there were some more laughs and then what happens is you do the interview she says so you know why are you here and i'm like well um you know i thought i'd do this to show people a different side of me to what they've probably seen in the media and it's the year of the woman so what better place to prove that i'm you know not how people have painted then Then, then here, you know, and she said, well, good luck. And then I said goodbye to my missus that was crying. And then you go up some stairs, doors open, and you go down some stairs. And that's where the live, they're all stood outside hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of people and you walk across like a gangplank in between them, you stand in the middle and you wave and then you go up to go into the house and god thinking back on it now i can't believe i've done it i, w- I want to go back and do it all over again but when i was in there i hated it but i wish i could go back and do it again thinking about it i've got goosebumps i couldn't believe it was happening like i not i can't believe any of this shit's happening to my to me throughout my life but anyway when the doors opened and I walked down to the gangway, they cheered, man. They didn't boo. They cheered. The audience cheered. And I will never forget something. I looked down to my right and my old drama teacher was there. And he was just stood there. And he was just smiling, waving at me. And uh, I was like, what the fuck? Ian, his name is. And I was like, what the fuck? And he was just there, like, nodding and waving, like, as if he knew I was going to be in it. I couldn't believe it. I thought, what? Anyway, then I walked across. People cheered. They didn't boo. I went up and I went in. And the rest of it is a blur, man, that, of that first night. I just, um, but I know what happened, obviously. I <laughs> The first person that I met when I went in there was uh, Johnny. And uh, yeah, man, Johnny became my, Johnny Mitchell became my good friend in the house. He was a very nervous, very nervous guy and um, just fucking endearing like a nice lad, like a lad's lad. Yeah, so I remember. I remember. <laughs> I remember. One more. One more monkey shoulder. Go on. Hold on. Mm. Oh, that's going down like a fucking Thai bird, mate. On a stag do, with big hands in an Adam's apple. <laughs> Woo! I think I'm getting drunk. All right. So, um. So, this. <laughs> this. <laughs> I've lost my trailer. Alexa, fuck off! Alexa. Get your dick out. I'm definitely drunk. Um, right, where was I? I walked in. Right, yes. Okay, so this was my first big mistake. And I've never watched back, Big Brother. I haven't watched any of it back. Okay. Um, just because it's cringe, seeing yourself. And um, I've done so much cringe stuff in there. Uh, but I saw a lot of the news articles and... Um, Eamon Holmes, man, like Eamon Holmes was a cool geezer. Like, I used to like seeing his big fat fucking head on TV and used to think he was a cool guy. Um, him and his fucking old bird, right? But <laughs> I, uh, I I I used to love Eamon Holmes and I remember that he was there on um Big Brother's Bit on the Side saying, Get him out, he's just horrible, get him out and all that. And I think that was because I sat down with Emma and I was like, yeah, I want to show people what I'm really like. You know, this is all about me. This isn't Dapper Lass. This is Daniel O'Reilly. You're going to see the real me and how much respect I've got for women and stuff like that. I went in and I was drunk anyway. Then I got even more drunk because you go straight in and they plastered you full of alcohol in there. And I was like, fucking getting smashed. And then, they obviously saw that I was drunk, and this is another thing they do. When you're fucked and you're messing about, they call you to the diary room. And then I've done an interview with the, with the diary room where they was like, so I see you've made a friend with Johnny. And I was like, yeah. And uh, who else do you like in the house? And this pissed off Shelly, obviously. I was like, oh, well, Jess is quite fit, and I reckon Johnny's going to be fucking hanging out the back of it. <laughs> so it's hearing a woman, and I'm like, Johnny's going to be hanging out the back of it. And I think the infamous one, and the, the, the I think the line that, that I crossed was when I said he's going to fuck, he's going to be second knuckle on her. Oh, no, that's just one for the lads, isn't it? That's one for the boys, isn't it? Because, you know, you shouldn't really be saying to, on opening night, the biggest fucking, the biggest reach, the biggest viewership on opening night, fucking seven, eight million or something fucking mental like that, you've got Dapper Laughs on TV saying, I bet Johnny is going to be second knuckle with that slag. Mate, you are dapper laughs, man. Come on. You are a twat. Stop lying. So I started off so fucking bad. But you know what? Fuck it. At least I couldn't remember it because I woke up the next morning thinking, oh, I'm in the big brother house. This ain't so bad. Everything's going to be good. Nah, not knowing that on the outside it was a fucking... It was mayhem. Now, this is the biggest thing for you when you're in the Big Brother house. The the the, the biggest problem that I had, the anxiety and the, 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 the real worry that I had in the Big Brother house, and the one thing that I could not stop overthinking about was what do people think of me on the outside? What, what do they think? Now, I am fucking insecure. I, I don't mind admitting it. I'm insecure. I'm paranoid. I always have been insecure about myself. I've always been insecure about myself, and I think that's one of the reasons why I'm am so good at social media and um and, and pictures and videos and and getting likes and views, because I'm like, look at me, love me, oh my God, stop it, look how good I am. But it's a fucking problem, man, when you're in a Big Brother house, the whole system is designed to make you feel like shit, right? It really is. So let let me explain that to you a little bit. Big Brother is like a fucking massive head fuck. It is a psychological experiment. When you get in, there's no clocks, right? So you wake up in the morning, and it's all to make you feel, everything is to make you feel that you have no control over what's going on and it's fucking alien to you because remember when you wake up in the morning you pick what you're going to eat you pick when you're getting out of bed you pick what you're going to watch on the telly you pick where you're going to go you pick who you're going to talk to you pick what you're going to do right you you pick everything right the only thing that you can do in Big Brother when you wake up and pick is what you're going to wear that's it and even that is restricted right there's no music allowed you can't have basically you're not allowed to entertain yourself at all right? They want to install boredom into you, so you start getting agitated and you start chatting shit to each other, right? You're not allowed to drink um, alcohol until they tell you to, and they decide how much they put into the house, right? You're not allowed to listen to music. You're not allowed to chew chewing gum. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to fucking sing. You can't even sing. You're not allowed to sing songs, and they say it in the contracts that they give you that is for copyright reasons. Well, that's fucking bollocks, man. Do you know what I mean? You're you're never going to have someone like fucking, I don't know, Michael Jackson. Well, no, he's fucking... He's, um, he's um, a pedo. No, he's, uh, he's dead. But you're not going to have someone like fucking, I don't know, Eminem going, hold on. Well, first of all, he ain't fucking, they ain't watching Big Brother, but even if they are, you're not going to have them go, hold on, he owes me a bit of money for singing that or tell him not to fucking sing it. That's bollocks. The reason why they tell you you can't sing songs is because they don't want you to entertain yourself or they don't want you to spread happiness. Fucking Big Brother is not like Hitler, right? It's a fucker. One of the other things that's really fucking horrible Especially if you're like me, uh you relax by drinking um they don't let you have alcohol until the evening, and when they give you alcohol, it's like if 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 everyone's really tense and you know the mood's shit, and there's been. Um, some arguments or people are a bit annoyed with each other. What they say is they go, you get a a voice that comes in. I don't know if they show it on the telly, but they go, the the refreshments uh, refreshments are now in the larder. And then there's a room that's on the kitchen that's locked. But when it unlocks, you open it. And that's where they put all the supplies in. And you go in there. And sometimes you go in there, there's only like one beer and fucking two bottles of wine between fucking 16 of you. And you're like, but you don't want to look like a crackhead. So you don't you go oh it's cool man I'll go without drink tonight you know don't worry about it you know I've only been fucking listening to Wayne's sleep chat bullocks about sucking dick and dancing for the last four hours but I don't need a fucking bit I'm all right um, or it goes the other way if there's been a massive bust up I don't know I can't work out how they do it because they just do it different all the time but if there maybe if there was nothing going on or but if there was a fucking massive row or if there was loads of little rows they'd say refreshments are now in the larder and you'd open it and there'd be like fucking hundreds of beers, hundreds of bottles of wine, hundreds of bottles. And I was like the runt of the fucking pack, you know, the runt of a pack, like dogs, um, they'd take their, they take their food out of the bowl and then they'd run into a corner and fucking drink it. I'd be like, bosh mate, couple of them fucking GTs down my top, couple of bottles of wine, stashing that under the fucking bed for when everyone runs out, gonna stick one in the garden, hold one in the jacuzzi, I'm fucking getting smashed. Tonight, mate. fuck off, and that's when all the shit would happen. That's when you'd fucking you'd start, you'd start fucking cracking up on that when you were drunk because everything that annoyed you in the day about the people, and you're like, No, you know, I'm on TV. I remember what my agent said, don't call him a fat ginger fucking homo because it's out of order. All right, (laughs) you know, Uh, but once you've had a couple of drinks, you're like, Oi, ginger, lose some weight, you fat four can cunt. (laughs) So, you know fucking and um but there's a few things um that is weird when you're in there like for instance when you're in there uh when it's quiet you can hear the people moving behind the walls you know you'll be sat there like on your own just thinking about saying can you this one go <coughs> and like, i used to fuck with them but you weren't allowed so uh i go who's here who's behind the wall and then Big Brother, you don't see this on TV, but they'd talk to us all the time, Big Brother. They'd go, Big Brother, would like to remind you not to talk to people you can hear behind the walls. But I used to fuck around and be like, yeah, but it sounds like it's having a wank. But they didn't show none of that stuff. But um, so that was weird. So every now and then you'd get a reminder that you were being filmed. A camera would go, mm-hmm. And you'd be like, oh, shit, yeah, I'm in Big Brother. But sometimes the days were so long. Sometimes we'd have days and there were no challenges. So you'd just wake up, sit around, and then go to bed. Sometimes I didn't even put booze in and you were like, wow, right? And those days you forget you're getting filmed. You're just wandering around trying to kill hour after hour after. Oh, yeah, and then you're not allowed to sleep. You're not allowed to sleep during the day. You're only allowed to sleep at night. So if you start dozing off straight away, they go, Big Brother would like to remind you, you're not allowed to sleep. Now, the reason why I'm putting that voice on is because all the professional people, um, there's a difference between the dinlo that they've told to talk to the, 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 the contestants, because the dinlo, he's just the way, he's not going to be on TV. But you know if they're using bits, like if there's going to be a challenge, they get the professional. This is Big Brother. You have a challenge. Because it's going to be on TV. But if it ain't, it be like, Can't that my life stop fucking sleeping. Right? So, you're stressed, man. But you're bored. Uh, but when you start forgetting you're on TV, you start doing normal things, you know, that you would do when you're not being watched, like picking your nose or playing with your dick. And that was a hard thing for me because... Uh, I normally have a fucking bash a day, mate, minimum. Do you know what I mean? I'm ripping the end off it, fucking... Do you know what I mean? I'm in a WhatsApp group with the boys, and some of it's fucking jihadis blowing up people. Some other stuff are like weird fucking Chinese people falling under buses. Occasionally, you get a guy maybe from the Narcos in Mexico getting his face chewed off or his arm cut off. Um, You know, all the good shit. But then... Every now and then, something will pop in the group and you'll have a wank. You know what I mean? Like the other day, a Chinese geezer was bumming a chicken. I don't know if you've seen that one. He's fucking, someone's filming him, catching him. He's obviously having an old fella, Chinese fella. He's bumming a chicken. And then next thing you know, you're having a wank. So, you know, I'm about that life. But in the Big Brother house, obviously, you couldn't have a wank for a number of reasons. One, there's no locks on the fucking door. And this is a common thing that happens as well. You get constipated because there's 16 people in a house together, men, women. There's three toilets, I think. None of them have got locks on the door. You don't want someone to walk in because they've got microphones in the toilet. So you're holding in your farts. You don't want to do farts loud. You don't want to stink the place out. But most of all, you don't want someone to walk in when you're wiping your ass. It's fucking embarrassing. So for the first few days, you hold off. So everyone gets a bit constipated. It's weird. Secondly, you can't have a bash in there because there's no lock. And also, they've got a microphone that hangs down right in the middle of the toilet, right? And you're like, fucking hell, they're going to hear it, isn't it? And the last thing you need is, Day 44. Dapper laughs. She's having a wank. <laughs> 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 oh, 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 I miss that chicken. <laughs> you know what I mean? So the last thing I needed was me old girl. I know my grandma was watching and... I wouldn't want her fucking watching it. Do you know what I mean? And getting turned on. So um, anyway, so that was, this is quite a funny story, right? So Shane uh, that won it, uh, Courtney Act, the drag queen, um, the night that she came in, the night that Shane come in, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know whether to call it he or she. I know that the transvestites or the people that have been through operations that identify as women you call she's. But um, he's a drag queen, right? So he's a lad. So I'm going to call him he, right? So, And this is the fucking minefield um, that we had in the house. But anyway, Shane, is it a bird? Did they have a dick? You never know, right? So anyway, Shane came in as Courtney Act, the drag queen, who uh, her dress fell off conveniently as she was running in anyway i just thought she was this banging fucking blonde bird right because i was pissed up anyway when i come in when i um and um i can remember thinking to myself fucking go on look at the legs on it look blonde and that and then i can remember when i woke up (coughs) oh when i woke up i was cracking some jokes i was like where's that where's that blonde bird from last night i've always had a thing for blondes do you want to see it Hey, hey messing around and i was like no seriously where's that blonde bird and then Shane was like, what, me? And I was like, what? He goes, yeah, what, me? That was me in the fucking drag. I mean, he's, he's Australian. But um, fucking fit as a bird, mate. So and I wonder my uh, my other pal, fucking Andrew, nearly banged it. Probably got a blowy when they come out in the hotel. Who knows? <laughs> I might, but I'm not going to put him in it. Or did they? They didn't. I don't know. Keep asking. Hold on. Mm. So... <clears throat> He comes over to me, Shane, fucking hilarious. Shane is hilarious. Shane is all about, Shane is, Shane Courtney Act was the only one, only person I think I've ever met in my life that can talk to me about feminism without me wanting to toe punt him in the fucking minge, right? They can talk to me about feminism and be like, listen, I understand your jokes. I get where your jokes come from. And I used to have these conversations with Shane where she was, un, he was unpatronizing. It, I didn't find it patronizing the advice. And I learned a lot about feminism i learned about what was right and i learned about why my stuff annoyed people without having it bashed over my head do you know what i mean by someone that didn't understand humor right and he had a wicked sense of humor and he was naughty and he was naughty right which i love not naughty like i'd fucking suck the gays off i mean he was naughty like he was funny he had my same sense of humor and he didn't mind and he come over to me and he was like <clears throat> have you had a uh yeah, and I knew what he was talking about, because I'm about fucking four days in, I'm fucking four, 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 four wanks shy of a normal week, and my fucking old boy's going, fucking, no wonder you're stressed, you ain't spunked, right, and I'm thinking, fucking, so I said, nah mate, nah, he goes, I know what to do, he said, how come you haven't, I said, well, because of the noise, do you know what I mean, I don't want them to hear, and uh, he goes, I know what to do, don't worry, you've got to put the taps on, yeah, turn the taps on like you're washing your hand and whistle, that's the taps then under the taps rip the end off it quick sharpish fucking get your old boy he goes get your old boy over the toilet spunk straight into the water bosh flush the chain get out of there mate no one knows nothing I was like I'm in but you got to go first he was like alright I'll give it a try so he nips off but obviously we had this whole conversation in code because we're getting um, we're getting filmed right so obviously that would defy the whole fucking point if we were saying that Really, right? So, <laughs> so actually, the conversation went a little bit more like this. He was like, "All right," I was like, "All right." He goes, "How are you feeling?" I was like, "Yeah, a bit tense." He was like, "Yeah, I'm tense and all. Uh, it's weird because there's certain things that you can't do in here that you do outside to relieve pressure. And I think that pressure sort of builds up, especially with all the um, all the all the new faces in here. Do you know what I mean? I was like, "I think I know what you mean. It's like, um, you know, you want to re- somehow to release." And he was like, "Yes, you know what I mean." I said, but obviously, um, you don't want to make too much noise when you're releasing because people will think you're crazy. And he was like, yeah, yeah. But I was thinking, you know, if something else was flowing to cover the noise, uh, you know, that would be a tap. I mean, a touch. And I was like, fuck, I know what he means. The whole time we've been talking about wanking. And he meant tap, turn it on, cover the noise, have a bash. Fucking Jesus, of fucking noon, mate. Not only are we talking in fucking code, the only proper fucking wankers are going to understand, he's fucking cracked it. So I said, all right, mate, cool. Uh, I might think about trying to relieve some pressure at some time if it was to work for somebody else. And he just looked at me and he went, (laughs) okay, see you in a bit. And I was like, I knew he was going for a wank. He's going to rip the end off it. He's going to relieve some pressure. Not only that, The geezer is a fucking pioneer, right? He's taking risks for dapper laughs. I'm a fucking geezer. I'm top of the fucking pecking order when it comes to the fucking alpha males. You know what I'm saying? And this geezer dresses up as a fucking bird and tells jokes about geezers. And he's more of a geezer than me, and I'm a fucking geezer. I put a G in geezer. And then I touch the spot in a bird. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm drunk. Right. Anyway, so he goes in. Turns the taps on. Everything's going well. It comes out. Walks past me. (laughs) Gives me a look. Little wink. I know he's spunked. Fucking geezer. If he's done it, I'm doing it. Right? Couple of seconds later, some girls come out. Ashley and Jess... They're on toilet duty. They're cleaning the fucking toilets, right? They come out and they say, "Uh, excuse me, can we get everyone in the lounge for a second? We need to speak to everyone in the lounge for a second. Uh, So we all go into the lounge. And they go, who has spunked in the toilet? Who's fucking spunked? Because Jess can smell spunk, and and Jess was like, yeah, I can smell spunk, right? And Ashley knows what spunk smells like, and we can both fucking smell jizz. Someone's jizzed in the toilet. Now, everyone's shocked at this comment, but I'm thinking to myself, how the fuck do you know what spunk smells like? I don't even know what spunk smells like, and I've been covered in it. I mean, my own, obviously. But I'm... <laughs> But I'm like, what the fuck? So I start laughing. And they're like, so everyone turns around to me, looks at me, and I'll never forget Anne Whittacombe's face. She was like, oh, looked at me like that, and I was like, nah, I ain't Anne, I swear, I ain't spunked in there. I swear, it weren't me. And they go, well, who was it then? Why are you laughing? Do you know who, who it was? And then Courtney, Shane, the one that had spunked in there, was standing across from me, looking at me as if to say, don't fucking, don't you dare. Don't you dare. And then I think that, he thought maybe I was going to crack, so he fucking joined in. Yeah, do you know who it is, Dan? Because you don't seem the type to do that. And then he basically, he'd what he'd done is he'd fucking high fived me. He'd fucking he'd wingman me, but he'd wingman me to make sure that I don't grass him up for sparking in the for spunking in the fucking bulk, right? So then I give it the old no. <laughs> I don't know who it was. Sorry, but everyone was like looking at me, shaking their heads as if it was me. So I thought, do you know what? I might as well have a fucking wank now, seeing as though everyone thinks it was me. So that's what I did. But I bided my time. I thought I'd give it a couple more days. You know what I mean? I can't go straight out of there and spunk all over another toilet. Well, not with old fucking sniffy, mcsniffy, m- mcfucking sniffer dogs. Not that they're dogs. I love both Jess and-, Jess and Ashley. But the old fucking spunk hunters, they should make a new TV show, shouldn't they? Fucking spunk hunters. And send Jess and Ashley round the house. Someone had a fucking bukkake party in the kitchen. It, I'm telling you, I'm getting fucking vintage 1943 Easton Samoan Simone spunk in the corner here. They fucking had a right hole jizz off. <laughs> oh, one more monkey shoulder. I'm fucking killing it tonight. Ooh. Anyway, so that's what I did. I thought, fuck it. But this time, I thought to myself, I can't. Right, We've got two problems. We've got the sound. And I killed that. I killed the sound. Don't worry about that. I put the taps on. But then we got the smell. Do you know what I mean? And also, I ain't spunked for a couple of days. It's not like I've been on a load of pineapple and that. The spunk's going to smell anyway. I've never smelled, it, but these girls, fucking, do you know what I mean? They'll, 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 fucking, they'll, they'll smell a wet dream, fucking, three doors down, right? These two. So I'm like, fuck it. I know what to do. So I went to the other toilet, which is you go outside and then you go into where they have the bathroom, and there's a toilet in there, and that's where they keep all the medical supplies, like the fucking tampons and the johnnies, right? And I'm like, I'll have a posh wank, innit? I'll have a fucking posh wanky done the red bit. Right? So I'll spunk into the Johnny. I'll turn the taps off. I'll have a bash. I know it's going to be a quick one. Do you know what I mean? I ain't bang the bird and fucking, do you know what I mean? I've been looking at fucking Alan comes areolas for the last three days and they're 90. I'm like, I'm fucking busting a load, right? So I know it's going to be quick. Taps on, but this is what I thought I'd do. There's no lock on the door, right? So I'm like, listen, I've got this sus, right? They had a they had a bin, yeah? That that the one of those bins that you have for like tampons and shit like that. And it's obviously for for, for girls that have got sanitary towels or whatever. And it's one of those ones that's got a you pull it up and there's a little compartment, you slip whatever it is in it. And close it so people can't take stuff out or get infected or whatever. If someone's got fucking AIDS, right? So So I thought to myself, there's a big bin, and it's a long, wide bin. So I thought, that's easy. Uh, Sometimes when I have a shit, I put that bin outside the door so people know that I'm in there. So I can wipe me fucking ass somewhere in peace without fucking Wayne Sleep coming in going, tap dancing on the sink, looking at me sphincter, right? So anyway, so, so I plan it. So I go in. So I walk in. But then I'm thinking to myself, fuck. I'm going to open a pack of Johnnies in it. So I get a pack of the Johnnies from the back. I open it. I rip one of the Johnnies out. I close it. I turn the condom packet upside down. And I haven't broken the plastic on the top, or on the bottom, sorry, and put it behind the other Johnny packet. So unless someone's going fucking three packets in, no one's fucking that much on the show. Do you know what I mean? They're not going to find out. And even if they are, it's going to be in weeks time right so anyway so i get the johnny and i open the johnny i fucking turn the taps on i fucking already got a boner anyway thinking about it and i whack the old johnny on and i'll start fucking ripping the end off it right and then i'll turn the fucking the taps on sh- everything's going good spunk in the fucking johnny right pull the johnny off tie the end up of it you know what i mean go and then there's a <coughs> oh, hello hello is anybody in there and it's fucking aminicum in it i'm like yeah and, and, it's, and it's me I'm, all, uh, I'm almost i'm almost done So then I've got the Johnny and the Johnny packets in my hand, right? So I put them in my. I'm wearing a hoodie, and I've got the 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 the, you know the the pouch in in the front of a hoodie where you can put your hands in. But I've got nowhere to put the fucking Johnny, and and because the bin's outside the fucking door, right? So I'm like, fuck. So I put the rolled up, the the, tied up Johnny for the spunk. And I mean, this is fucking. This is like a fucking. This is like a. This is like a. It's like a water balloon at this point, mate. Because it's about four days worth. Do you know what I mean? Tension up in that fuck, I filled the thing up, mate, you know what I mean, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't want any to fall out, because you'll have old fucking, old Jess and fucking <laughs> Ashley at the door, <laughs> what is that in there, who's drinking spunk, Um. anyway, so I have to open the door, so I open the door, and Anne goes to come in, I go, whoa, whoa, wait a second, I'm not finished, I just need to put something in the bin, and she's like, what do you need, to- what is it you need to put in the bin, you know, Toilet paper and that goes down, and I'm like, just hold on. And then suddenly I realize I'm on national TV talking to Ann Whittackb with a condom full of spunk in my jack in my jumper. And I have no idea if all of this has been captured. I have no idea if they can hear what I'm doing in the toilet, if they knew the conversation that I'd had with Shane, I pulled the the bin in, I put the stuff in there, I closed it, I walked away, and it was like, how can I describe it? It was like, when you go and get a Thai massage, right? Right? And you go in for a Thai massage and you get your massage and at the end, you know, she's doing the, the top of the back of your legs and her fingers are sort of slipping through the bottom and tickling your bollocks. And she goes, aha, I saw it, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to do that. And you're like, "Fucking! I don't know what's going to happen now. Do you know what I mean? I've already got a semi. It's only another 20 quid, and she'll fucking flip me over, tug on that bad boy, just spunk and that, get a little baby wipe. No one knows nothing to sap and mate, I'm out of it. Do you know what I mean? And I've just done that. I don't know. I didn't mean to do that. Wasn't the one to your girlfriend to know? You know, I ain't got a girlfriend, bruv. Okay, you want to uh, have a special fucking happy ending? I'm going to be happy for you, sweetheart. You're going to be covered in spunk. Anyway, what it's like is, after you spunked in there and you walk out, and you remember that you're down your your two doors down from your local pub, and it's your fucking high street where you live. Your grandma, granddad, friends, fucking bird, kids, everyone's around you. And you walk out that door. You hear the little bell ring, and you close the door. You have that this moment of when you're walking down the street where it's sheer terror. Has anyone seen me? What are they going to think? Do they know that I've just let a fucking seventy-two year old fucking Tie woman ripped the end off me old boy while fucking smiling at me. I hope not. And that's what I felt like. I walked away and I was like, it all come flashing through my head. Fuck, fuck, mate. National TV, millions of people, they're going to know that I was talking to Anne Whittaker when I had a condom full of spunk after devising this plan with a drag queen about how to have a bash. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well... I don't know what else to talk about, really, Um, but that is my, yeah, I I told that story on my stand-up comedy night, Um, and uh, yeah, it got an interesting response, so fucking hell, man. What have I been going on about? See what I mean about having to be in the right mood for this shit. I've got to be ready to to spill my beans, but I am going to try and get more than, more than one of these out. The only other funny, really funny thing that I can remember happening was when Shane Lynch, uh, which, you know, it's a shame. I haven't really kept in contact with many of the other people because everyone's busy, but um, the main person that I have kept in contact with was Shane Lynch. He's a good pal. We've done the cannon runs together. I always had him laughing in there. He was always laughing. He was so chilled and relaxed. It fucked me off that he came third, he came in third place. It pissed me off, but I know what he did. He, When you're in there, right, there's somebody that you're never going to vote out because no one can be fucked to cook and not many people are good at cooking. But if someone was just like, look, I'll cook. I don't mind. I'll do breakfast, lunch and dinner. What do you, you can walk into the kitchen and someone's like, what do you want? And there was such shit supplies when someone's creative with them and they're cooking. You just ain't voting them out. Do you know what I mean? You're not going to vote them out. So... Shane went in there, didn't tell no jokes, chilled the fuck out, didn't get involved in any arguments, was fairly boring, boring but cooked, and came third. I was in there fucking ripping the end off me old boy, dodging fucking Anne come with Johnny's in me pockets and fucking telling people that fucking Jess was going to get second knuckle with fucking Ashley, and i fucking come eighth. What's the world coming to? Anyway, one of the other funny things is I went and had a shave in the shower, and uh, I came out in the bathroom, sorry, I had a shave, and I come out. And you know... Um, if you do pack it, right, and someone goes like that, like as if as if you're eating, uh, as if you've got a key and you've got a little bit of gear on the end of it and you're putting it up your nose. Someone goes like that with a key. That's also the same expression that someone would do with, have you had a shave? Have you had a shave? Now, as I walked into the room, everyone was there. That's the <laughs> that's the, the sort of gesture that Shane done. He went, oh, have you done a, had a shave? But I don't know where my head was at. At the time, I thought that he was like, do you want a bump? <laughs> right? So I went, fucking what? what have you got some? How did you get in here? And I said it out loud like that. And Shane's eyes just went wide and looked at me. And then he was like, I ain't even responding to that. Because one, if he responds, that means he knows what I'm talking about. Two, he does not want to be in that edit if they edit it. So he just opens his eyes and looks away as if nothing had happened. And instantly, I realised what I'd said. And I was like, fuck. So that was another four or five days of paranoia. Is that going to go out? Absolutely fucking hilarious. Anyway, there you go. I think I've been talking for fucking ages. And I've really enjoyed it. Uh, Let me know, man. Send me a message. Check out the other podcast. This is number four. We've done loads of them. Uh, Well, I say we've done loads. We've done four. Um, I'm going to try and do them every week. If there's something you want me to talk about, Let me know and I'll see if I can do a podcast on it. Something that you're interested in about me. Uh, Obviously, talking about myself is my favorite subject. This is chatting bollocks. There's probably a post on my Instagram. Go and give me my feedback on that, please. Uh, And let me know. Let me know on my Instagram, in my Instagram comments. Because Twitter, I'm rarely on these days. Uh, Facebook's fucking long. So I'm always scrolling through my comments to to get my fix of attention. Um, So let me know in there. And if you've enjoyed it. Definitely let me know. Thank you for listening. This is Chatting Bollocks. I'm going to give you one a week. I've opened a new nightclub and I'm going to be doing regular stand-up comedy shows, one a month. Uh, so if you like this, make sure you don't miss out on that. I'm going to fight Harvey on the 14th of December. First time in a cage. Tickets are on sale for that. Check out my thing. It's in Newcastle, 9,000 people. And I'm going to fucking win it. So come down and fucking watch. I love you. That was chatting bollocks, and I enjoyed it. What a wanker. See you soon. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi there, I'm Kendra Adachi and I host the Lazy Genius Podcast, a show that helps you be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. But here's the kicker, you get to decide what matters, not me. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to give you a new way to see. Episodes are around 20 minutes and are full of practical, helpful information, as well as a lot of permission slips to do what makes sense for you. New episodes drop every Monday and cover a broad range of topics from laundry and getting dinner on the table to finding work-life balance and organizing your inbox. So I invite you to give the Lazy Genius Podcast a listen. Together, let's stop doing it all for the sake of doing what matters